Well, welcome to The Journey. Um, I am Kevin Polkey. I am the host of The Journey, and we have a special guest with us today. Uh, Dr. Madeline Mull is back with us today. She has had an amazing career, uh, beloved by anybody that sees you speak, anyone who has been in your classroom. Uh, I, I hear raves about it, even when they don't know that we know each other. And so, uh, and, and then I just found out that you and I are both going to be speaking at the same conference on February 1st. So, uh, so I think you're speaking in the afternoon and I'll be speaking on empathy uh, around like 1130. And so uh, for the uh, regional office of education on February, uh, February 1st for the heart summit. So when I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that that's cool that we're both able to speak that day. And actually there's a, it's, it's interesting. There is at least two, possibly three, three of you who are speakers that day who have been on the podcast, uh, been on the journey. Uh, Heather oh, Baker, fantastic. yeah. So Heather has been is going to be one of the speakers, and she's also been on. And I'm, and I'm drawing a blank. I think there was someone else, but anyways, Madeline, thank you for being with us today, and um, and and so as you uh, as we uh, reintroduce you to. Um, to our audience. And there's a lot of things that obviously career-wise that you've done and things like that. Why don't you just give us a little bit of a snapshot of, of where you've come from and, and growing up wise, and then uh, what you've been doing, and then we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Wonderful. Thanks for having me back. This is yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um, so I, I claim Texas as home and you know, I went to undergrad at the University of Manhattan and Baylor and got a degree in political science and psychology. And as soon as I graduated, found myself being quickly promoted. So throughout the whole duration of my career, I think I've only had about three months where I was not in some type of leadership role. Mm -hmm. And um, as I was having that responsibility of overseeing people, and I really felt that because my father was an entrepreneur, and, you know, he taught me a lot about that responsibility of taking care of the people you lead. And so um, I thought, I'm going to fall flat on my face. I know nothing about business. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I went back to get my MBA at Mary Harden Baylor. And um, I, I had a phenomenal experience there. I And continued to find myself just climbing the corporate ladder and so then I'm, I went to go work from, I graduated from the McLean College of Business and went to work at McLean. Um, Mr. McLean offered me an opportunity there. And I'm, it was through mentoring my, my team that they brought me a job description to be uh, going to academia, where I was at Tarleton State University in Waco, Texas. It was a satellite location. I got to oversee uh, the business program, and then I got to um, also teach. And so that was uh, 10 years ago, um, surprisingly. And I now, um, since then, it led to me getting my PhD in org development and change. And then I almost uh, six years this summer, I moved to Rockford, Illinois, and I ran a business school at Rockford University. I was a professor and alongside all of that, I had founded my own consulting firm that um, Momentum Consulting, the name of it was a play on my last name given to me by a farmer student 
um, who, who said that um, he had never left my class without having momentum. And so I thought, well, I've, I've, I've got to own it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so along the way, um, I started kind of building up some uh, leadership consulting uh, chops. So that's kind of where I am today. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, and, and I, you know, and you have a social media presence and you, I know you have a, a large following and you're in your social media uh, uh, arena of the world. And, and I, and it looks like very similar to myself as being able to put out information and content to be uh, inspirational, to provide tools that it could be accessible um, and, just maybe to give some some encouragement or maybe point out things that we observe, right? And so I know that you and I have had a couple different, uh, you've posted something I may respond or, you know, um, just from the element of like, like you said, leadership and, um, and ways of doing that with integrity and with character. Um, as you said, to the responsibility of not only the consumer, the customer, but then also the staff as well. And, um, and because there's a lots of temptations today that people may get distracted and think it's for the, for the, for the shareholders, for the owner, for the, whatever it may be. So, yeah, yeah. it's a gnarly, it's a gnarly system to fight, but we're doing it. <laughs> yes, yes, ex exactly. So, um, so let, let's go ahead and just dive into, you know, some decisions that you made in, in the past 12 months or so. And I know that even when the decision is declared, I know that there was a lot that probably laid into before that. But as you were just explaining, you know, the your track of going to school and then a job offer as a result of being in school, there had been this... Um, at least when I think of it in my world, the the sense of security by some type of institution employing you for for your income, for the work that you were doing. And then right. something happened, and you can get into the what that happened. And then you you ventured off into maybe it was inspired or somewhere played into it regarding your father. Uh, you went in full time venturing into your own entrepreneurial efforts, which has anything but security tied to it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> right. so so tell us a little bit about that, and then about the. From from the obviously the, the consulting business was something that you were doing while you were at Rockford University, but it wasn't full time. It was a kind of a side gig, similar to myself doing some things. So, so tell us a little bit about that whole when it became apparent that you may have to go full time this way, or the invitation was there. What what was the wrestling and how did you? What gave you the the courage to take the leap into the unknown? You know, I think the first seed was planted actually 24 months ago. So I got headhunted by my former professors at the University of Maryland in Baylor. And they said, we have a faculty position open. We want you to come back and come back to Texas and, you know, teach alongside us. And I had always said the only thing that would bring me back to the heat and disgusting humidity of Texas, I'm was going to be my alma mater, my beloved alma mater. And uh, my father was dying of cancer at the time. So everything looked right on paper. You know, I walked onto campus for the interview. 
and everybody was like, let's here. You know, it was our girl had come back home. She she ventured up to the frozen tundra and she was coming back, you know. And and I kept thinking, if God calls me, it has to be a sign. I was happy at Rockford University. I thought if God calls me, it has to be a sign. And I got the job offer. And I didn't feel God. Mm. And I didn't understand. And it I I called my priest. I um talked to several of my mentors, I talked to family members, I talked to professor, old professors, talked to colleagues at Rockford University, and I just thought, why? <laughs> like, this looks so great on paper, it's going back home, all of this stuff. Why don't I feel God? And I couldn't, I couldn't find an answer. And I remember I had told the university that I would give them a decision at like five o'clock on one day. And I mean, Kevin, I waited until like, 458 <laughs> like it was like it was so hard and I remember calling my mother prior and all I said was mama I'm so sorry and there was just dead silence as I heard her start to cry um and I found out later she went to my grandfather's grave screamed at him and jumped all over it and said you made her this way you made her <laughs> so, like, so I was like oh poor granddaddy but um you know, I, I, so I had this inkling kind of in me that God was calling me to do something, but I didn't know what, and, and it, it was really hard for me to grapple with and, you know, cognitively logic, like thinking about everything from logistic wise, exactly as you're saying about security and all of this kind of stuff. You know, I was on track for tenure. I was doing great. You know, I was being well recognized at, at RU. I was being well recognized in the community. It made a lot of sense for me to just keep on that track. But I kept feeling these stirrings. Um, and I, I, I didn't know what it was. And in fact, it created a lot of anger um, in my faith. Of you know, my priest called it a dark night of the soul, and I said, "Well, that sounds dramatic." But it feels kind of like that, you know, and I'm um, and I started to realize something. So as I was dealing with all of this kind of wrestling with my faith and, and anger uh, and frustration that I didn't I couldn't hear God on um, uh, my a friend of mine invited me to church um, where her husband's the pastor. And I sat there and I, I didn't want to go at first because I thought I'm, you know, I've always felt really close in my faith. Mary Harden Baylor is a Christian university. So, I, you know, it made a lot of sense in, in who I am. And I thought if I go here, I'm not going to feel um, like I feel like I'm going to make a mockery out of the believers because right now I'm angry. And um, as I sat there, I heard the the pastor say, God wants your obedience more than he wants your sacrifice and it i could have heard it just reverberate right and i wrote it down and it just i call these things mind anchors anchors inside my mind that just sit there for a while that you have to you just can't get rid of you know it's a refrain that's going on and and for weeks god wants your obedience more than your sacrifice and I started to realize I had done a lot of sacrificing for a lot of different servants, you know, or services. I had been a good servant, 
in many different capacities, except to being obedient to what I thought God was calling me to do. Mm-hmm. And so that was what oriented me to start thinking about stepping out and going and, and expanding momentum and really leaning into being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't an overnight thing. It was a lot of grief, a lot of fear. <laughs> I remember I'm, I, I was sitting there thinking about all of these different things, you know, how was I going to pay for healthcare and all of the, you know, the, 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 the things that, that I needed to be thinking about, but didn't want to. Um, and I, I, there was a voice inside me that said, please believe in me enough to do this for me. Believe in me enough. Trust me that I will be able to navigate whatever comes ahead. Mm-hmm. And that realization that if I didn't make that decision, that I was discrediting myself, that I was telling myself I didn't believe in myself. That was a level of cruelty, Kevin. I couldn't, I couldn't own. I couldn't, you know, the world can be mean, other things can be mean. But in that moment, when when I heard myself saying, please believe in me, to have denied making that decision would I don't believe in you. I don't think you have what it takes. I, I don't, you know, you, you're going to fall flat on your face or something like that. And I couldn't be the person who said that to myself. Mm, okay. So that was a little bit different twist than I was thought you were going to say. So that's it. But, <laughs> but, but what's, what's interesting about that, right. Is, is that, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about in his 12, you know, principles to live by, right? He talks about, you know, uh, tell the truth or at least don't lie. And I've I've referenced this a couple times. And when when we we when individuals like you and I believe in other people, and we wholeheartedly believe in other people, but then when the when the tables are turned, when it's time for us to believe in us, who Right. And, yeah. and so, so um, Feel that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I want, we, I'm going to hold for just a minute and because maybe I just want to, I just want to have you bring some color to something that you said earlier and it kind of went through this first part. If you can articulate for us this importance, this need for you to being in relationship with God and for you to, be obedient. If you could put that into your words, why why is that a value for you? Why is that important for you? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mess it up when I get in my own way. I'm. I, I realize that. You know, I really have. I've realized the more that I try to make something happen. Um, you know, we have this grind and, and grit mentality. And I always say grit stands for girl raised in Texas. And and we can really vault ourselves over a lot of challenges, right? But I realized sometimes there were those those instances where I wanted to make something happen so badly that I was just getting in my own way. I was getting very myopic. Um, and it wasn't God's call to me. And I think that that was a lot of, where I was getting off of my path with him, that 
it made a ton of sense to go back to my alma mater, this place I love. And yet to sit there and say, I don't feel him. And if I don't feel it, I, and, and I think a lot of my issue at the time was I just felt adrift. My father, as I said, was dying. So there was a lot of this kind of going on of making these smart decisions, these right decisions to like go back home, do the, you know, be the dutiful daughter, you know, all of the things that I was supposed to do. And, and there was that part of, you know, supposed to, that I think is, is like a four letter word uh, now um, that I learned that I, I was really trying to please a lot of people, serving a lot of, of people, but not serving my purpose. And I thought I was, I was doing it in, in an indirect way. I was doing great work. I was serving people well, and I enjoyed it. But I think I was doing it in almost a roundabout way. And I and I think it was starting to become inauthentic to myself, <clears throat> to be honest, that I'm because I didn't have that anchoring of my faith and I didn't feel I was on the path that God was was pushing me towards or calling me on. It, I just felt this giant disconnect and and I couldn't find a way to get back to it until these, you know, this kind of started to, to really progress forward of believing me enough to do this for me. And, and it felt like God was calling me to do that. And I could rationalize about 8,000 different ways how this wasn't a smart decision for me. Um, I, you know, I could, you know, all of the things, but what was interesting at the same time, um, I had encouraged my mother to retire after 31 years of service in the school district. I encouraged my sister after 18 years of the school district administration to, to change jobs. And it was the same time frame of my father's one year passing that, that we made these decisions together. And my father's biggest fear was us girls. Um, you know, when he was leaving, you know, he, he was afraid that, that the three of us would not know kind of how to function without him. And the fact that all three of us made this really big change um, around the one year anniversary mark, I think was really, you know, we didn't plan it that way, but it seemed to just converge in so many ways to see these signs. And, you know, a lot since making that decision, you know, fear of, you know, am I going to have enough clients? Can, you know, can I make this work? Certainly has, has cropped up. Um, but God has stepped into the gap every time. And, and to speak to that, you know, I said it was, I, I would have, had I taken the job at my alma mater, I would have started in fall of 2022. In spring of 2023, uh, somebody heard some of my story. And they knew a family member who was um was was having a baby, and I'm um, looking at possibly uh, giving the child up for for adoption. And in October of this year, or 2023, I'm um, I felt God stirring in me, and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So I decided I was going to go on a seven state wandering road trip. And I documented it all on social media, you know, this like 
all the the shenanigans I got myself into, finding myself, you know, stuck on the side of the road with a flat tire in Nebraska between two cornfields in the freezing rain. All, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And and I faced a lot of fears and I I I did a, a kind of a pilgrimage in an honor of my father. And as I was coming back from this trip, I kept telling friends, I don't think my trip's over. I, I don't, God's doing something and I don't know what it is. And so I saw a sign that said opportunity drive. And I thought, well, don't mind if I do. I'll just take a detour and see what's there. And I was that open, Kevin. I was that open to whatever it was God was trying to show me. I was looking for signs. Um, and I was seeing them along this trip. I was seeing, I got stuck in front of a ranch uh, in South Dakota that the name of it was Wink, which was my father's nickname for me. And, and, you know, like I was seeing these signs all along and I thought I'm doing what I'm supposed to. The, the last part hasn't chinked in. And so as I got back to Illinois, I went and took my dogs for a walk in my front yard. And I thought, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I surrender. I will be obedient to you once again. I I took that obedient step of, of starting my career. Now I feel like you're doing something. I can't see it. Your will, not mine. Whatever door you open, no matter how afraid I am, I'll walk through it. And I thought, like in the back of my mind, I thought, remember that time he told you to move to Illinois? And <laughs> like, I was like, you, that was the same prayer you had then. But I thought, okay. Six hours after that prayer, I got a phone call asking to uh, foster to adopt a newborn baby, somebody who had heard my, my story um, earlier in the year. And less than 24 hours later, she was in my arms. Had I taken that job in Texas, that never would have happened. And not only has this completely and fundamentally changed my life, but it changed that family's life too. And I didn't know that, right? Like I didn't think about that. I just thought what a great gift I had uh, of this, of being a mother that I never thought I would be. But for them, they still get to be involved. They know that the baby is well-loved and all of these amazing things that I wouldn't, had I not taken this bet on myself, had I not believed that God had some kind of plan, I don't, you know, I, I think I would have continued to get in my own way, trying to force paths and, and make things work that looked good on paper mm-hmm. instead of opening up to signs and trying to be lean into my authenticity, see where it took me and, uh, it's it's been a remarkable experience the last 12 months to say the least <laughs> yes I, I i can yes i know i know as we talked last week i know that it's been it has been an amazing wonderful ride um not that it hasn't been without its uh concerns and fears uh but yep. it's it's been exhilarating nonetheless and then and then of course your your baby has been uh i know an amazing element of she is you know been a delight in your life. You know, thank you for sharing for you. And I think it is such a hard thing, right? You, we, we've, 
we flippantly will talk about, especially for us from a from a spiritual perspective. And and then if they, that spiritual journey has has some type of religious um, context to it, we we will we will talk about it without going deeper into trying to articulate what does that mean to wait for God's answer? What does that mean to really do that? And and similar to yourself, when I think or I try to differentiate what God wants Kevin to do versus what Kevin wants God to endorse, <laughs> right? You know, because I, I have ideas and then I want God to like, you know, give a stamp or give his blessing to it. And versus when, when, when it, it's God's prompting, and and how do I differentiate between that? And and I don't know if this is a hundred percent every single time, but an indicator for me, similar to what you had said earlier, is is this idea that some door opens or a prompting happens, and my first response is, huh. And then the more I think about it, I think of all the risk. I think of all the fear. I think of all the uncertainty or the the insecurity that comes in. And, and that usually is what, what causes me <laughs> to pause. Or if something is happening <clears throat> and it's and it's more of, well, this will ensure security or this will ensure, and for me, my when I'm when I'm awake, when I'm conscious of it, it usually means that I can then put God on a shelf. And I'll come and visit them when when I need them. But when I'm out right. there having to be interdependent on that commune, that 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 relationship, um, I don't necessarily want to do that. You know, <laughs> it's terrifying. You know, yeah, and and I, similar <laughs> to yourself, you know, I can sign up for workaholism all day long. That's easy. You know, you know, working sixteen hours a day. That's I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. That's, that's easy because there's no risk there. It's just work, you know, or, or, you know, putting the time in or whatever it may be. And so um, I, I appreciate you articulating that. And I think it's going to be different for everybody. You know, what, what may, what may be yours and mine indicators may not be someone else's, right. That's, um, you know, of, of, of obedience versus sacrifice that, that it may look differently for somebody else. And, um, and for some people, right, it it may be <laughs> instead of being if if your if your tendency is toward uh, the entrepreneur world, maybe maybe in, in a, and there's some story about what, that's a way of avoidance something. Then maybe um, your work is to go in and have impact on the corporate world, um, or like you and I having impact on the corporate world as a consultant, as an outside person, not necessarily be inside, because if we're inside, maybe we don't have the same effectiveness as if we do, if we're from the outside. Um, and, and I don't know, but I think, I do think though, that there'll be numerous times in all of our lives where we're going to be at that crossroads. And um, now the, the, the ones that you were just describing are pretty big ones. Those are pretty significant ones. And you were, and, and, and that it had a ripple effect afterwards. And, and like you said, leaving Rockford University, it wasn't because there was a bad guy at Rockford University. 
not going back to Texas wasn't because there was a bad guy in Texas that was, you know, preventing you from going there. It was wanting to be in that close relationship with God and having God lead it, having God be the light on the path, not our own doing. Yeah, you know, and it's, you'd say, you talk about the fear. I mean, I remember calling my mother, um, FaceTiming her a couple of days after my daughter came and I said, mom, I do realize this is the craziest thing I've ever done in a lifetime of crazy things. Because, you know, when I moved to Rockford, Kevin, I moved into a house I had not seen a picture of. I didn't know if I was being catfished. I loaded up three basset hounds and drove 18 hours to move into a house I had not seen any pictures of because I felt God was calling me to Rockford, Illinois. And so, you know, I tend to really follow his call despite the fear. And and the fear is certainly there. But I can tell you, I know fundamentally I made the right decision moving to Illinois. Mm-hmm. And and it was, um, you know, I remember my mother when I said, this is the craziest thing I've done. In the, and I'm, I am aware of this, you know. And I saw her eyebrows go all the way up of like, are you sure you're aware? You know, and I said, but mom, how do you say no when you know that God is calling you? I didn't look for this. I wasn't on a foster list. I wasn't. You know, I wasn't trying to go out there. I had, you know, had, I had lost a child 15 years prior. I'd had an opportunity uh, or I had been asked to, to adopt last year and, and um, a family member decided to keep their baby. And so these things had happened in my life that, you know, I was primed prior. There was a lot of reason for me when I got that phone call on a random Sunday afternoon to say no. I've been hurt before. There's too many potential. There, there's a risk that maybe this doesn't work out. I no, but all I knew was one. I had just prayed to God <laughs> six hours before, and two, I didn't create this myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't out there shaking the trees. You know, we talk about God helps those who have themselves, but I think there's a lot to be said. We're helping ourselves by getting out of our own way. Mm-hmm. And I have over-rationalized and I have over-strategized a lot in my life and, and tried to, to knit things together and make things tie up in a beautiful bow. And they just fell apart, right? Uh, they weren't right. Um, and I realized more and more by being receptive to opportunities, saying yes when they come, Trusting that if they're coming in at me and they feel, I feel that instinct and that connection and that calling, that that is where I'm supposed to make an impact. That is where I'm supposed to serve. And so um, that guides me, I think, a lot through the fear. It's certainly there, but it's really hard to do anything other when you know this isn't your own design. You didn't craft it. You didn't create this. This is something else that is driving you on this path. And and if you step off of it, you are going to make a mess out of things. <laughs> That's all I know, right? I mean, I, I'm like, I will mess it up if left to my own device. <laughs> I have to trust the path that, that has been called 
for me to follow. Otherwise, I will make a mess out of things. Well, I think I think you you said it really well about how do we how do we do courageous things? How do we act with a fierceness when facing huge uncertainties and huge things? And and I think there is, you know, archetypally, you know, this has been known through the ages uh, that um, all warriors that go into battle have found a way, a true authentic warrior has found a way archetypally to reconcile their own death, that they know that they're sure. going in there because they've gotten their uh, direction from the divine king or queen archetypally, mm -hmm. which then allows us to go in fiercely because there's worse things than death, Dith dishonor, you know disobedience. And, and think about it, you know, Jesus said, pass this cup for me if it's your will, right? I mean, even Jesus was saying, like, do I have to do this? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Are we sure? Um, can we can we double check? Right. And and when we think about that, you know, last year, my word of the year was valor. I had wanted a word for bravery, for courage, you know, facing this year without my father. Um, and I chose valor. And the reason why is valor stands for honor and dignity in the face of great fear. And I think that's what we're really talking about, Kevin. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. have to have honor and dignity for our situation, for ourselves, for the people around us in the face of great fear. And, and that I think is inspirational and aspirational for us to, to seek out. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's incredibly powerful when we say, I want to be somebody who has valor, honor and dignity in the great, in the face of great fear. Um, that, that feels like a, a really nice um, structure, strength, a shield, right? To go into battle with, uh, with to have that valor of saying, I'm afraid, sure, it's a real thing. However, something else is guiding me here and I have confidence in that. And I think those are in, in, the, in the Christian judeo-christian stories right that is the david right. having the courage to face goliath and that is the you know the the different individuals that uh, were able to overcome and and trust in you know um a, a grander intervention than than what was practical um on paper and so i think how does that translate into our lives today is Maybe um, first, you know, being open to uh, this idea and however that is for each one of us, this idea of obedience to something greater than ourselves versus just sacrificing, because maybe for some of us, sacrificing is easy because there's no risk. Obedience right. will 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 challenge me out of my comfort zone and then knowing that right what is that challenge well for some if it's i don't want to disappoint or i don't want to be responsible or i don't want to what whatever those things are that's going to be an indicator about what the enemy really is not um and what's the distractions right so madeline i uh i always enjoy you uh enjoy you period and and just enjoy our conversations and and you being able to share your story it, um 
if someone wanted to reach out to you, wanted to know more about you, wanted to, you know, uh, be able to be uh, inspired or aspired regarding your uh, your your journey, um, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? So they can always, I'm, you know, I post uh, pretty frequently on LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm probably most, uh, that's my most utilized platform. Um, but also mandolin at momentum.com. Uh, our website is momentum.com. And uh, yeah, I'm always happy to see how I can help folks, um, whatever I can do to support them on their path and their journey. Perfect. Well, Madeline, as as always, I, I enjoy you being here. Um, I would love to have you on again, and we can talk more as I'm diving into uh, uh, applicable ways of using uh, Campbell's hero's journey um, in their in in people's lives, so that we can then, uh, like you said, trust God uh, to guide us through these. Uh, these these obstacles as life uh, presents them to us. And they're not always setbacks that are to set us back. Sometimes they are to realign where we're actually supposed to go. So um, so again, thank you. So thank you. Uh, yeah, for anyone uh, who is listening, uh, definitely reach out to Madeline uh, on LinkedIn or on Facebook or out to her website. I will I will include those in 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 the caption in the show notes. But um this idea of being able to um, identify what our fears are, to be able to recognize that we're we all are to serve a greater purpose than just our basic uh, basic needs. Um, how to be open to that idea and then be open to the guidance uh, that uh, that is uh, what Madeline and I both believe is is God as we understand Him. So again, thank you for being here and um, I look forward to being with you next, next week. Thank you.